Welcome to the Medical Management Podcast, a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice. Through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry, we help uncover resources, tools, and ideas to help you level up your practice. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy today's program. Last week, we had the chance to talk with Doug Crabtree, the executive in residence over at Idaho State University and former hospital CEO over at Eastern Idaho Regional Medical Center. Last week, we talked a lot about Doug's transition between the hospital to the university setting. And we also segued into our our main topic for today, which is talking about the different determinants that impact your health. Doug, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you very much, Jesse. And again, I enjoyed last week and look forward to spending a little bit of more time with you. These are topics that are, you know, near and dear to me. I love talking about healthcare, love talking about how we can improve health in our community. So I'm I'm very pleased to be here once again with you. Fantastic. Well, we're grateful to have you. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about that incredible fact that you left us with last week. Can you maybe throw that back out the, the idea of where you live in Idaho Falls and your life expectancy? Yeah, I sure can. A little bit about that. Mayor Rebecca Casper of Idaho Falls took some initiative about 18 months ago and put together a a group for Connecting Us, Sustaining Progress, or her CUSP committee. And of that committee, she asked several people to be involved with looking at how we can improve our community over the next 10 to 15 years. I was fortunate enough to be asked to be involved with the healthcare committee and enjoyed that opportunity to be with several leaders in our community, several thought leaders, and look at what we can do to improve our community and particularly improve healthcare in our community. Yeah. As I had that opportunity, I learned that Idaho Falls had contacted a uh, consultant to come in and help them look at the data from Idaho Falls. And that consultant came out of the Boise area. Mm -hmm. And one of the fascinating things to me was they did a analysis of healthcare by tract, by not zip code, but even more fine-tuned, they went into a tract level analysis. What does that mean, tract level analysis? Well, they they go down to census tracts. They go down to, you know, where you are, not just zip code. It's narrowed down. Are we talking like by street, almost by like little community and neighborhoods? little neighborhoods, little neighborhoods. Yeah. And all of this was available in that report given to the city of Idaho Falls. In some neighborhoods, residents can expect in general to live between 81 and 83 years. Meanwhile, in other neighborhoods and in some instances on the other side of a major street, residents can expect to live between 70 and 76 years. So a difference across the street of five, six, or seven or more years, just depending on where you live. And you know, if you think about Idaho Falls, for those of you who have been there or driven through, there are parts of Idaho Falls that are attractive. They've got, you know, nice homes. They've got nice schools. You can walk on the sidewalks to the schools. They've got parks nearby, a lot of recreation opportunities, a lot of grocery stores. But there are also parts of Idaho Falls that don't have sidewalks on the streets, that schools aren't in the best shape, and and the economic factors of that neighborhood may be such that they're just not that desirable. Mm -hmm. We've got one elementary school pre-COVID. Of course, during COVID, all of the students got a free meal. But pre-COVID, 80% of this particular school's population was on the free lunch program because uh, that's how many people qualified for it. And so just a really tough area of town. And there's no grocery stores in that part of town. So even if they had some money to go to the grocery store, if they don't have transportation, they can't get there. And the same with medical care. You know, it's nice to have medical care if you have transportation to get there, but if you don't have transportation, it's really hard. And so 
you begin to think about these upstream factors that may be causing some of the things that we experience and look at healthcare. But, you know, if we're trying to improve our community conditions, it is about parks, it is about traffic patterns, it's about sidewalks, it's about helping people get outdoors and recreate and having, you know, grocery stores available, decent access to food and nutritious food, you know, and and I've argued in front of the school districts that we need to have some healthy options in the vending machines at the schools. I remember years ago, a physician was teasing me that we ought to put calcium into the soda pop and other popular drinks that the teenager drink (laughs) because uh, they're not getting enough calcium. Yeah. So I think the community has an impact. And I think we all play a part of that. We talk about education, employment, income, you know, the kind of support system you might have from family or, or other support, community safety. We talk about the quality of your air and, and quality of water, housing and transportation. All of those play a bigger role in one's healthcare than, than I think most of us realize. And I think, you know, the more we can begin now, and it's a hard argument, I get it, because it's a hard argument to build a park that might lead to a healthier community 20 years down the road because mm-hmm. you don't see the immediate impact. And, and that's hard, but, but I think delayed. that's very delayed. But I think that's what's important. And what we need to focus in on is how do we minimize the gap between life expectancy from one community to another in within the community of Idaho Falls? Mm-hmm. How do we make it more equitable? How do we keep everybody healthy or give them access to you know make good decisions? And again, right. on those healthcare decisions about you know, 20% is the care you actually receive. About 30% of your health is directly attributable to your own health behaviors. And that is tobacco use, diet and exercise, alcohol use. If you can control those things in a healthy way, you've just dramatically improved the chance for you to have a healthy outcome. And, you know, you understand this better than any anyone, Jesse, and, and that is that the, the current way we reimburse for care in mm-hmm. the United States is based on what is done to people. Right. What, what was the procedure code? What was done? And I get it. We've evolved right. to that kind of system. But the general practice or the family practice doc that I go to and I say, doc, I, my knees are starting to hurt. And he mm-hmm. goes, well, of course they are, Doug. You're overweight. You need to lose some weight. And he goes through all of this time and effort to convince me that I need to exercise and lose some weight and eat better. And, you know, how much does he get paid? What kind of E&M code does he have? What mm-hmm. kind of, P, you know, CPT code does he have to bill for that very extensive visit with me? And then really what happens with that? It's all up yeah. to me, whether I do it or not. Right. But he if gave I gave you the advice, he, he gave he me the advice to do. And he didn't get paid very much for all the time he took with me. He's not going to get paid very much just given the system that we have in place. But if he refers me to an orthopedic surgeon, the orthopedic surgeon is going to see me. And what does the orthopedic surgeon want to do immediately? You want some new knees, Doug. I, I need some new knees. I'll feel better <laughs> if I get new knees. And if I get new knees, then I'll be able to exercise more without pain. Yeah. And so, you know, right away, this instant gratification, I want somebody mm-hmm. else to do it for me. I don't want to, you know, I, I, I just want to feel better. And yeah. all of a sudden I'm in for a new knee. And, you know, I think that's just part of the equation that we have to tweak. We each have to be responsible for our own healthcare. I know I'm overweight. I know that I should lose 20 or 30 pounds and I'm responsible to can do it. I can do it. No one has to tell me to do that. I know what I got to do. I know that I would be better if I could go do it, but you know, I just, I just haven't done it. Doug, can I, there's a thought here. All these things you've broken down for us. 30% is our behavior, right? Right. 20% comes from actual clinical care which leaves us 50% that fall into maybe our physical environment, our socioeconomic determinants, they all play together. 
right? I'm assuming if you live in a certain place, it means you have better access to better, maybe better doctors, better facilities. You have access to places where you maybe would be more inclined to exercise and maybe access to the grocery market that you're going to be able to get better food. Like it all plays into each other, right? Yeah, it certainly does. It all plays into each other. And and again, I've often told people in a broad perspective, in a broad discussion, what's the most important one factor in looking at your health? If you could name one thing to me about your anything, what is the number one thing you can pinpoint to say, yeah, that person's going to be healthy or that person's not going to be healthy? Is it your genome? Is it your DNA? Is it your genetics? Is it your level of exercise? What is the one thing? I'm going to guess where you live. It's your zip code. Yeah. your zi- Okay. Yeah. Your zip code. The number one determinant of your health is your zip code. And it shouldn't be that way. No, no, not at all. So what do we do, Doug? How do we, Idaho Falls is the perfect example of the rest of the country. You know, there's, there's two sides to this. There's two, two Americas. Right. What do we do as individuals, whether well, I, we're practice administrators or just simply citizens, you know, what do we do? Well, I think there's all kinds of answers to that. But what I have to do is take responsibility for my own health. If I don't stop the trajectory I'm on and being, you know, not just overweight, but, you know, getting way overweight, then pretty soon I'm going to be diabetic. And then I'm going to have all the complications of diabetes. And then I'm going to have other complications that go along with obesity. And I alone am in a position to to stop that. I can fix that. And I want to fix that. But, you know, it's easy, again, for us in the society that we live in, we want everything fixed for us mm-hmm. and we want it fixed for us now. Right. But, you know, it's a little more difficult to get up out of bed early and go jogging or running or go to the gym or whatever your preference is. I'm a big fan of Dr. Ted Epperly, who runs the family medicine residency program over there in, in the Boise Valley. Dr. Ted Epperly is a huge resource to us in the state of Idaho, and he's not well-recognized for all of the expertise that he has. He's right. been back to the White House in a number of administrations advising the president about you know healthcare and rural healthcare. But Dr. Ted Epperly, I've had speak to a number of audiences before. And in one of those occasions, Dr. Ted Epperly taught me an equation, which is just you know, 3, 4, 50. 3, 4, three, 50. 3, 4, 50. Okay. Three behaviors, physical inactivity, poor nutrition, and tobacco use. Three, cause four chronic diseases. Those four chronic diseases are cancer, heart disease and stroke, pulmonary disease, and diabetes. Okay. So we're at three, we're at four. Those cause 50% of all deaths. Three, four, yeah. 50. So if we, can, if we can increase our physical activity, mm-hmm. if we can decrease our tobacco use, if we can increase our nutrition, if we can do those three things, then we'll minimize the four chronic diseases of cancer, heart disease and stroke, pulmonary disease and diabetes, which will that'll eliminate 50% yeah. of our deaths in the country. Those are three behaviors that we each individually can control. And if we'll do so, it will improve the overall health of our community. But I think it's just astounding to me that so much of our healthcare can be determined by our own choices about exercise, about eating right, about yeah. appropriate tobacco use and, and alcohol use. If we can, can do those things, we will dramatically improve our health outcomes. It really is a balanced scale, right? I mean, there's there's no way we're going to get healthy unless we become engaged as as you know patients or or, or individuals. And there I is think, a whole uh, lot on the other side, right? There's a whole lot on that where you live that, yeah. that also balances out the how you're going to be. Right, and I think that 
we've seen this transition beginning mm-hmm. from what historically we in healthcare administration and you in practice management know to be our fee-for-service type of reimbursement where the right. you go to the doctor and, and they charge you X and every time they do X, they get paid. And the more they do X, the more they get paid. We still have a lot, a lot of that around in Idaho, but we, we are moving now in Southeastern Idaho and even more so in the Western side of Idaho with the accountable care organizations right. and public health, preventative health. Mm-hmm. We see more and more of those kind of things being gauged on how we're improving healthcare to our communities. And and I think that's a right move. I think that will help all of us become more accountable individually, but it'll also help systems to think differently than I thought when I was within the walls of the four walls of Eastern Idaho Regional Medical Center. We've got to think broader than just what happens within our clinic or our hospital. How can we, you know, I I was very impressed as I heard the director of the Terry Riley Clinic Mm -hmm. talk about how she was expanding from her location in Boise or Meridian to Caldwell. And in her new facility in Caldwell, well, upstairs, she built a number of apartments to help address in a small way the housing shortage in Caldwell. Interesting. Uh, Isn't that interesting? Isn't that fascinating? And, you know, her housing addition won't solve the problem. But if everybody took a little bit of initiative and and, and had their own solution for part of the housing problem, then then maybe we wouldn't have a housing problem uh, anymore in the Caldwell area. You know, again, just a creative way of, of approaching a need for her community. And she was building, you know, a new place anyway. Let's throw a couple of apartments upstairs. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it was great. I think in the end, you kind of have to kind of have to take it, Doug, of I'm going to take responsibility for me and then a little bit extra for those that can't. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of it. Each of us has to put in 1.2, 120%. You know, it's it's October and I know, you know, Christmas is within 100 days now, but I, I'm reminded of some time ago, I was asked to speak about healthcare and it was November, December. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had just watched the Christmas Carol and, you know, humanity is our business, yeah. especially when we're talking about healthcare. Right. Humanity is our business. Let, let's take care of ourselves. Let's also take care of our neighbor and our friends and do all we can to contribute to those things that create healthy communities so that our communities can be healthy, our, our members can be healthy. So I've moved okay. from, you know, being a, aware of social determinants of health to really be an advocate and a proponent to help parks and recreation, to help access to food with food banks and, and, and shelters. We in Idaho Falls have a growing problem with teenage homelessness. And, you know, kids run away from home and where do they go? How do we, how can we take care of them? And so, again, I'm not making excuses, but I was not as aware of these kind of situations when I was the CEO as I am now. And Mm -hmm. uh, now I'm motivated to try to improve our health outcomes for the entire community, entire region. That's an incredible place to, to end this, I think. I'm so grateful that you agreed to come on and talk about this topic. It, it's an incredible one. And one that's definitely on my mind as far as, looking at me and my family as a whole and what we're doing to be healthy, you know, and, and whether that's, you know, Jesse, can I just, yeah. Can I just make another comment? And that is, you you know, we have to do all of these things, but we also have to become advocates for our own healthcare. We do. I had a relative recently and she called and, and she knew I had a little bit of background in healthcare. She had been to her family practice doc. They had ordered a routine mammogram and she came back and said, my doc's worried about the mammogram. And then the radiology facility called and said, we need you to come in. And she says, I, I don't want to go back. I, I don't want to go in. I, I just want to talk to my family practice doc. And I said, your radiology facility called you and said, you need to go in? And she goes, yeah, they did. And I said, schedule the appointment tomorrow. 
Yeah. Don't wait one more day. No. One day with an aggressive cancer, you will regret. Call tomorrow. You have to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. I said, did did your radiology facility give you a a physician or a portal, a patient portal? Did they Mm -hmm. give you access to the report? Well, yeah. Well, have you looked at it? Well, no, I just want to talk to my doctor. Well, I appreciate you want to talk to your doctor, but you need to, in addition to talking to your doctor, get on the portal. Yeah. I called her the next day or two and I said, hey, did you get into the portal? And she said, no, I I didn't. I'm just going to wait for my doctor. I said, get into the portal. Let me help you. I'll walk you through it. It can't be that hard. And then she, she said she'd call, she'd get into the portal and she'd call me back. She called me back the next day and she said, I'm really scared. I read what's in the portal. I read the radiology report and I'm really afraid. I said, did you call and get an appointment with the radiology center? And she said, I, I did. And I said, how about your family practice doc? Did you let him know? Well, he's out of town for two more weeks. Well, you make sure his office knows that you are meeting with the radiology center. You be, mm-hmm. need to be, you need to begin to become your advocate for your own health. Don't wait for your family practice doc. As good as a man as he is, don't wait for him. Yeah. Take control of your own health care. And she did. And she got on it. She got the biopsy done. She got everything back. And thank goodness they were able to get her into a radiation. And, and I don't think she needed chemo, but she was able to treat her cancer early on with radiation. Had wow. she sat on that for a month or two months or six months? It would have been a different outcome. Yeah. And so please be an advocate for your own health care. Trust your doctors. Go to trusted resources on the web. Don't get all caught up in all the social media and everything else. No, go to Mayo aside. Clinic. Go to the Cleveland Clinic. Go to trusted medical centers and go to their websites. But but be an advocate for your own health. In addition to taking care of your health care, when you have an issue, be an advocate for your own health. Amen. I can't say it any better. Doug. Thank you for being on. I think this is probably one of the most important subjects we've talked about on the podcast and just thank you for being a part of it. Well, I appreciate the opportunity and, and Jesse, if there's anything I could ever do for you or Mad Men, just call, give me a call. Be happy to be involved. Thank you, Doug. All right. And thank you to everybody else. We, we really appreciate you guys tuning in for show notes, transcript of the, of the interview, anything else that MedMan does, please visit us at medman.com and we'll see you next week. Thanks everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Medical Management Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest. For the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else MedMan does to help you level up, be sure to visit us at medman.com.